You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 135. David Rice Atchison. Was he president for a day? Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, normally we talk about like elections and you know stuff like that, since that's kind of what we're all about, but... We're going to talk about a guy who may or may not have been president for a day and was never elected to be that. Yeah, David Rice Atchison. He was quite the guy. He was a U.S. (laughs) senator. He was a senator pro temp, and, well, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So Atchison was born in Lexington, Kentucky, or at least what's now known as Lexington, Kentucky. And he was actually um, a student at the Transylvania University in Lexington. And he knew a lot of guys who were senators. Uh, Solomon Downs, Jesse Bright, George W. Jones, Edward Hannigan, and Jefferson Davis, who hopefully you'll recognize at least one or two of those names. And he, uh, like all good presidents... <laughs> uh, was admitted to the Kentucky bar in 1829. Yeah. So in 1830, he moved to Liberty, Missouri and set up practice there. And he also was a farmer. So Atchison's law practice did really well. And his best known client was the Latter-day Saint movement founder, Joseph Smith. And Atchison represented Smith in land disputes with non-Mormon settlers in Caldwell County as well as Davies County. Yeah, so uh, after a while, Alexander Donovan joined Atchison's law practice, and the two became pretty good friends, and, you know, they would hang out and go to to races and go hunting together. And later, Atchison, who was a a member of the Liberty Blues, which was a volunteer militia, um, he got Donovan to join. And, you know, a little while later, Atchison is kind of an influential guy in town. He gets elected to the Missouri House of Representatives, and... Next thing you know, he's going to battle and he's in wars and he's you know heading up the uh, Mormon War of 1838 uh, as a major general in the militia. As we know from this time period, if you're fighting in the militia, sure you have time to be in the House of Representatives. <laughs> so he was uh, reelected to the Missouri State House of Representatives in 1838, and three years later he was appointed to the position of a circuit court judge for the six-county area of the Platte Purchase. And in 1843, he was named a county commissioner in Platte County, and that's where he lived. So in 1843, Atchison gets appointed to the U.S. Senate because 
Louis F. Lynn died, and he becomes the first senator from Western Missouri. And at the age of 36, he was the youngest senator from Missouri up to that time. And later on that year, he was appointed to serve the remainder of Lynn's term and was reelected in 1849. Yeah, so a lot of the other Democrats in the Senate really liked Atchison. And the Democrats in 1845 take control of the Senate, and they're like, hey, Atchison, why don't you be the president pro temp? I mean, that's, you know, it's never going to get down to being third in line for the presidency, but just in case, we'll give it to you. You seem like a stand-up guy. And so, of course, they also give him the duty of uh, being the president of the Senate when the vice president was not there. So he's got a couple duties here that, you know, very few people who have the president pro temp title ever get to use. And he's only 38 years old. And a couple years later, in 1849, he steps down as the president pro temp and uh, in favor of William King. So King actually, uh, <laughs> when he decides to, you know, I don't know, be the vice president of the United States, <laughs> decides he'll give the uh, the chance back to Atchison uh, in the 1852. Uh, so he is the president pro temp until 1854. As a senator, Atchison was very much for slavery and for expansion of territories. So he supported the annexation of Texas and the U.S.-Mexican War. And uh, the other senator from Missouri, Thomas Hart Benton, became pretty big rivalries. The two Missouri senators, they were both Democrats, but Benton declared himself to be against slavery. And uh, in 1851, Atchison allies with the Whigs to defeat him for re-election. So Benton is like, hey, I'm going to challenge you, Atchison, in 1854. And he begins to agitate for territorial organization of the area west of Missouri, which is now Kansas and Nebraska, so it could be open to settlement. And to counter this, Atchison proposes that the area be organized to the section of the Missouri Compromise, which bans slavery there. And... Um, you know, we've talked about popular sovereignty, and that's what Atchison was really going for. He wanted the people of the territories to determine whether or not their territory would be slave or free and not have Congress decide for them. Yeah, so actually Atchison is the one who asked Stephen Douglas, talked about him a little while ago, uh, to introduce the Kansas-Nebraska Act. And, you know, this is where it comes from. It becomes law in 1854. And there's some new territories for you. So fast forward a little bit. It is March of 1855, and Atchison's term expires. And so he's like, yeah, okay, I'll go ahead and try to be elected for another term. But the Democrats, they were split. Uh, They didn't know if they wanted him or uh, Benton. And the Whig minority, they put forward their guy. So there was actually no senator elected until January of two years later. So uh, James S. Green was actually chosen. So when the first Transcontinental Railroad was proposed back in the 1850s, Atchison wanted it to be built along the Central Route, so from St. Louis through Missouri and Kansas and then Utah, 
rather than the southern route, which was from New Orleans through Texas and New Mexico. So, of course, he wanted that because he's from Missouri, right? Good for the economy to have a railroad going through your area. <laughs> he's no dummy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, later on, Atchison and Donovan um, have a fallout because of the political scene preceding the Civil War. And um, they had their disagreements on how Missouri should proceed. Atchison wanted to leave the Union, and Donovan was really torn about it. And uh, he was noncommittal about whether they should stay in the Union or not. Now, privately, Donovan was very much in favor of the Union, but it's, you know, it's difficult when all your friends and associates are for secession. Peer pressure and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So while this crisis is all going on, Atchison sides with Claiborne Jackson, who's the governor uh, of Missouri, and he's pretty pro-Confederate, of course, and he accepts the um, position of a general in the Missouri State Guard. And so he's going around recruiting guardsmen and uh, things like that in 1861, and then in uh, later that year, he takes 3,500 guys across the Missouri River to uh, defeat some Union troops in the Battle of Liberty. So Atchison continues to serve, and at this point, he's pretty much just a traitor um, um, because he's from the South, so the North, of course, sees him that way, and of course, that's going to um, come back to, I guess, bite him (laughs) in some sense uh, in the future, but uh, Atchison resigns from the army uh, because he has some disagreements and everything and moves to Texas for the duration of the civil war. So he's not even in the civil war for the entire thing. And uh, you know, he was um, later on said to have denied a lot of the pro slavery statements he made before the civil war ever started. Um, So who knows what he actually thought, but you know, he, he was rumored to have said pro slavery things and then took them back. Yeah. So let's back up just a little bit to 1849. To be specific, Sunday, March the 4th, 1849. Now, Atchison never claimed that he was the president of the United States ever, even for a day. But what happened was James Polk, his term is over. It's over at noon on March the 4th. That's a Sunday. Well, if you're in 1849 and it's a Sunday, everybody knows you don't work. You surely don't get sworn in as president. <laughs> so Zachary Taylor is set to be sworn into office on Sunday. But Taylor is like, no, I'm not going to do this on Sunday. You just don't do that. So as the president pro temp and being third in line, at the time to be in line for office, which was the case in that day, Atchison was the man. And, well, what do you do when you're president for a day? (laughs) (laughs) You kind of sleep in. (laughs) And that's exactly what Atchison did while he was, quote, unquote, president that day. He said he slept. He was pretty busy in the Senate. (laughs) And, uh, he slept most of the day Sunday. So even though Atchison would never tell you that he was president, even for a day, there is a museum exhibit open in his honor. 
Yeah, so uh, historians and you know other people who are scholars will pretty much all dismiss the fact that he was ever the president. And I guess it really is just a fun thing to say. But uh, they actually said that his term had ended on March 4th as well, and he didn't get sworn in for another term either. So uh, he didn't get sworn in until March 5th. So technically, uh, he wasn't the president pro temp. And also, the Constitution doesn't say that the president-elect has to take the oath of office to hold the office just to execute any of its powers. So, um, because Atchison never swore the oath, he wasn't acting president. And because the president never uh, took the oath doesn't mean he wasn't the president. So, go figure that out. Who knows? (laughs) So, there is a lot of discussion about whether or not he was the president for that day. But it's kind of an interesting thought to have that to think that there was a guy who very few of us knew about prior to our conversation today but um atchison talks about the claim that he was president for the day in a newspaper called the plattsburgh lever and um i'll read that quote he said quote it was in this way polk went out of office on the 3rd of march 1849 on saturday at noon the next day the fourth occurring on a sunday General Taylor was not inaugurated. He was not inaugurated till Monday the 5th at noon. It was then canvassed among senators whether there was an interregnum, which is a time during which a country lacks a government. So Atchison was 41 years and six months old at the alleged time of the one-day presidency. <laughs> and that would have been younger than any official president. Now, Theodore Roosevelt, by the way, was the youngest to serve. He was 42 years and 11 months old when he was sworn in. Yeah. So Atchison dies in 1886. He's 78 years old, and he's buried in Greenlawn Cemetery in Missouri. Um, You can check out his grave there. He's president of the United States for one day, as his grave marker says. And uh, if you're ever in Kansas, why don't you go ahead and drop by his presidential museum just to check it out, because why wouldn't you want to stop in and check it out? Yeah, it's probably on the same route as like the world's largest ball of yarn. Or something <laughs> like I'm just picturing it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, thanks for indulging us in this fun episode where we got to talk about this guy who held an office that didn't really hold an office. And uh, we would be immensely pleased if you would leave us a review. You can go over to uh, iTunes and just type in Election College, look for us, and leave us a review. Um, we would like that. Yeah, there was somebody who was almost president, but uh, Congress said, meh. And that guy was Aaron Burr. There, I said it. I said his name. And, uh, you know, he was in a duel with a guy named Alexander Hamilton. Well, they had an exchange of letters prior to that fateful day. And Ben and I have an audio recording that tells the story. Yeah. So if you go to electioncollege.com, slash dueling letters you can download your audio copy of the dueling letters and uh yeah you help support the podcast when you purchase that we really appreciate it and look forward to interacting with you on our social media sites you can look for us at election college thanks for listening